Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Scumbags, this is the Scummy Mummies Podcast, with your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the podcast, I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne, it's the Scummy Mummies Podcast, and we have... You know that, they've already had the theme music and everything, also... Oh. It, anyway. I know, but it, it just felt like it was weird that we didn't say it. Oh, okay. It's the Scummy Mummies podcast. Thank you. No, by me, Ellie Gibson, <laughs> and Helen Thor. A podcast is a bit like a radio show. Is that what we? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's in your phone. Yeah, it's <laughs> my mum. It's like radio in your phone, mum. <laughs> <laughs> and who's our? Now it's web. Now it's now we fucked up the intro. Yes. Who are you, guest? Oh gosh, I didn't know if I was supposed to talk, but I really enjoyed all of that. Um, <laughs> hello, like, guest. I'm, I'm Sharifa. Hello, Sharifa. I love that we're just going with Sharifa. It's like Cher, Madonna, yeah, I'm like just Beyonce, Sharifa. but just Sharifa. I, you just Sharifa are like Beyonce, Sharifa. And <laughs> why don't you? How would you describe yourself for the listener? How would I describe myself? I hate this question. It's the worst question when someone's like, "What's your favourite song?" <laughs> um, I don't know all of them. Um, how would I describe? myself I don't know can you describe me well it makes my life much easier you are an internationally renowned model oh I did do that supermodel supermodel 10 years okay, I didn't do modeling. that <laughs> international model you're a fitness influencer you're a champion for diversity yeah you live in London I live in London <laughs> and you're the face of Fitbit Sharifa oh I am at the moment excellent because one of my favourite things <laughs> is like going down the tube and you know when you have to get and there's one of those tube stations where there's, you have to go on a sort of travelator to get from one bit to the other mm. and we're just on the travelator and there's your face Sharifa bigger than my house <laughs> just your face and I always say to my kids look I know that lady that's my friend and they go and don't care mum I mean she looks she looks fine but she's you know they don't, they don't say she's not Beyonce but I say she's like Beyonce yeah, and they but, don't, but they definitely don't care. not the same yeah, yeah well that was nothing to do with Fitbit that was just a personal advert for myself because I've been <laughs> single for so long so I just oh. thought you know it's time to finally push the boat out you know they say make an effort yeah so that was me make an effort I, I spent 150 grand and just getting a billboard up good for you I do <laughs> I do always think of you and I wonder is it weird like have you ever been on a travelator like you know when, when it's really packed and you're having to like go very slowly past your own face with your own face like all the time people coming the other way going what <laughs> am I on drugs am I having a nightmare what is that all the time but do you know what's what's even weirder is um <laughs> one time I was one time every good story starts like this right? 
One time I was uh, walking along Oxford Circus. I was in such a bad mood. You know, I had such a bad day. Mm-hmm. I had like all the bags and I had like my my trainers, my like ugly, awful trainers on. And I was covered in rain and I hated everything. And I was like, oh, I'm so, I feel so awful. And uh, I stopped to put my bags down next to this shop and I turned around and looked up behind me and there's like, this amazing picture of this girl with like, she's this really nice afro. And she was like, she looked really like, sexy and she's wearing like this bodysuit and I was like oh my god I wish I could be like her and then I looked closer and I was like oh that's actually that's actually me (laughs) (laughs) just me on a different day I remembered that I shot this campaign for for Primark Mm. and um it was the Valentine's lingerie campaign and Primark have really nice marketing I don't know if you've looked at their windows but they have really lovely like um creative teams so it was a particularly nice shoot and I remember just looking up and being like, wow, I, I don't look like that. <laughs> uh, not even, and you know that, that sexiness, I was like giving out some sort of like sexiness that I do not give out day to day. I mean, I turned up here today with like soaking wet hair. Um, yeah, but I had wet hair and so did Helen because we've all just got out of the shower, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, we're all, well, we're all exactly. a bit slaggy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. My mother would be absolutely horrified if she was in here now. Wet you hair. Catch death cold. <laughs> no. Catch, she still says that to me now. If she, if she turns up... And I'm in my own house with wet hair. She'll be like, you'll catch a death of cold. I'm just be like, of course she's fine. I'm not going to get TB. It's going to be okay, mum. It's going to be okay. So how did you get into modelling? Is that, is that you sort of worked your app or did you get spotted like Kate Moss in Croydon Nando's, whatever it was? <laughs> is she really? Yeah, I don't know if it was Nando's. Don't think Nando's It was Croydon, though. I think, she was, walking, Croydon, I think yeah. she was just walking oh, wow. through the salubrious streets of Croydon somewhere. Ooh. You're... you're <laughs> Yeah. You're white. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else. Yeah. You're white and thin. Congratulations. <laughs> You're happy you. yeah. Yes. Strangely, I've been white and thin in Croydon many times. It's never happened to me back in the day. Could have been you. Yeah. It's just because you, you had wet hair. That's <laughs> They didn't see you. I was just shivering, have a big puffy coat on. That's right, lighting matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay warm. That's right. Oh, yeah, what was your story, Sharif? So, do you know what? I went through this I went through this phase in my life, which is so funny because I haven't been through this phase since, where people just kept saying Oh, you should you should really be a model and I just kept being like you know I grew up in a I grew up in a town I was saying earlier I grew up in a very um a very white town as a brown girl I was like one of the only brown people in my school in, was um, it Norwich this was in Norwich yeah, yeah. and it was, it was actually a city but you know um and don't I, write in Norwich people we all know what she means yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so I you know I remember growing up in a place where people didn't consider me or girls that look like me to be attractive I remember like never being the girl that anyone fancied at school I was like the last person anyone would go for I was bigger I was all these things so you kind of grow up I think when you grow up like that you you maintain this mindset of like well I'm just like the chubby unattractive one so I then I went to drama school and I remember I started in my second year of drama school I started getting like people just going you know, and then one day you should be a model. And I just kept being like, who, the, who are they talking to? Mm. So, like, who should be a model? I'm literally thinking and saying it to my friend. Like, for anybody but me, you know. Mm. Um, this is probably one for the therapist, by the way. <laughs> no, this is basically what this podcast is. People like a story. Yeah. People like a journey. Yeah. Yes. We, is... don't, we don't really talk about you know, things like breastfeeding you... anymore where we go, oh, then this <laughs> fucked up thing happens. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, well, <laughs> everyone loves... Yes, you've got your backstory. This yeah, is but, you know, I never, I never saw myself like that. I remember the first person. I remember the first time I actually listened to it 
was when I went, this is such a random thing by the way, and I hope she listens to this, I don't think she will, but if she does, I'll send it to her just in case, so then she listens to it. You can just cut this part out. Anyway. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying the admin of what's going to happen after the podcast yes. that we haven't even finished recording yet, it's yeah. good. Um, so I went, I was in my second year of drama school, and I went along to this um, this show, and we had a Q&A with the singers on stage afterwards, and one of the singers was Kerry Ellis. You know, Kerry Ellis um, was in Wicked. Oh, she was yeah. like she was like the lead in Wicked, um, and she, we had a Q and A with her afterwards. And I put my hand up and I said, oh, "Kerry Ellis, um, what if I don't make it as a singer? What I don't know why I sound like Kevin and Perry go large. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all did when we were yeah. that age. Yeah, if I don't make it as a singer, um, what should I do? And she was like, "Well, I don't know, but you know, you could always fall back on modelling. You're absolutely gorgeous." And I was like what and wow. everyone in my class like turned to me and was like Shh, you know because it's very competitive <laughs> yes yes um and my dance school teacher who had never ever said this to me not even once was like oh carrie we've been saying this the whole time she's been at college you know because they they liked it you know mm. anyway um so carrie ellis was the first person who told me i should model and I actually listen to it and believe it or not, I bumped into her about four years ago at, an, at a Mac event. And I went up to her and I was like, oh, come here, Liz. You remember me and my funny voice. <laughs> come here, Liz. Uh, come here, Liz. Uh, do you remember the time you told me I should be a model? Well, I'm a model now. And I'm like, oh. it's my full-time job. And she was like, I remember you. And she gave me this big hug. And we have a nice little picture. And you can actually see it on my Instagram somewhere oh, five years ago. That's beautiful. Um, so that was really lovely. But I went through this phase of just being spotted lots of different places you know I kept give, get being given cards like in Oxford Circus I was walking to Oxford Circus one day and someone was like hey here's a card here's a card here's a card and so <laughs> pick a card any card more card <laughs> um, so then eventually I was like okay this maybe there's something in this and I approached my first agency I can't even remember their names now Hughes Models okay. which everyone used to call Huge Models Oh, oh right. <laughs> Nicknamed huge models and they've now they're now they've disappeared now. I think they've they've turned into IMM. Um and I just remember I was I was a cleaner and I was working in restaurants and I was doing all the things like I was a shot girl. I was like, you know, I was that girl that would like twenty pounds a shot, but it was actually just like fruit juice. Mm-hmm. Um in the Mayfair clubs. I was doing everything to survive in London and going to my musical theatre auditions because I skipped that part. I trained in musical theatre. I graduated. Um, and then I was trying to get onto the West End. And so I was doing everything to like pay my rent and, you know, trying to survive in London and working like 110 hours a week and um, making like no money and never sleeping. And then I remember going to my first casting. And again, this hasn't happened to me since, but I remember walking in and there was a panel of like four people and they were like, wow, you're a star. You've got the job. You're hired. You know, again, this never happens to me anymore. Yeah. But there's all these very affirming things that kept happening in mm. in that time of my life. Just kind of, there was all these like signs. I never th- considered myself to, to be a model. I never even, didn't even understand fashion. I didn't understand social media. I didn't ever look at these things. It was just n- not something I was interested in. So, but then the universe was kind of showing me the door you know I don't know if I believe in all the universe stuff but I do believe that when something is meant for you then if you're open I think think the things that are meant 
for you if you get out there in the world like they'll kind of come to you maybe mm. that's a little bit I hope so. I just think that's really hard for people who've maybe tried and really want something and have tried mm. and tried for years and years like I don't know I know people who've worked really hard and not not got what they wanted so but I think does the universe just hate those people <laughs> no, I, I do believe that sometimes the things that you think are meant for you are not right for you Mm. do you know what I mean like you could want something so much like I I used to love love this guy who cheated on me with 11 girls and 11? You know, yeah 11 fuck me do you know I was actually quite impressed <laughs> I was like how did you, you find know? the numbers because I my ex-husband cheated on me and uh, I said were there other women and he said yes there were and I didn't I didn't want to go any further I just knew that there were lots of other women who... did you go to like a football match and there was a whole team <laughs> named after it was it like that what the fuck it was uh, no I just was a super sleuther like I was it was Facebook. It was the days of Facebook. And I hacked into his Facebook and I found the girls and I asked him <gasps> in person who what happened here, what happened this one. I matched it all up. I was like proper. Oh, like Claire Danes in Homeland. Yes. Like you have oh. the map and the bits of string yes. and like, oh, exactly. right. He was in Sid Cup on the 24th of yes. June. Okay. <laughs> Bit of red string. Oh my God. That was me. So, oh my um, God. Did you yeah. ever contact any of the girls or anything? Um, do you know what? It was so long ago. I think I did. Yeah. I think some of them contacted me. Really? I was like, just to let you know, your boyfriend's a cheater. And I was like, oh, thanks for the girl code, but that her. Were they all Australian? I noticed you slipped into a little bit of Australian. Brisbane there. Yeah, they were all <laughs> Australian. Even though we were in Essex, they were all Australian. Interestingly, yeah. he had a type. <laughs> Do you think, did you find it helpful to, to know the number and to know who they were? Because I know you, Helen, you kind of didn't want to know, no. did you? No. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once, once I, he, yeah, he had an affair with a, a woman for, for many years. And so then I said, you were so good at lying. Were there other women? And we were together 22 years, and he said, yes, there were. And then I was like, <sighs> fine. Um, I, I didn't go any. Because I just thought, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, how much of a cunt, how much, what level of cuntiness? And I just thought, is that... Mm. And I remember speaking to my therapist. This, they said, you could find out, but is that going to hurt you? And what's, what's the benefit for you? So I am just sort of went, I don't know if I need to know that. But I think everybody's different in terms of how they feel like they have to move on or, or resolution or whatever but um yeah that mm. was that for me I didn't want to I think I was already so hurt anyway that was I was like I don't think I could be any sadder mm. yeah I don't know I don't know it's, it's a tricky one isn't it because some people need the resolution yeah. I'm sorry you went through that and I'm also, sorry you went through I need to I'm sorry both of you went through that who knows what he's doing upstairs <laughs> there now I need in. to update my people to kill list so if you want to add his name oh yeah then, no um, fine <laughs> But you um, did find it helpful to kind of... I did a... find it helpful. I think, oh, I don't know, better the devil you know, I guess, but I've also been single ever since. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I still have a lot of work to do around that. I think that it... I have some very unique ideas about monogamy, which maybe a lot of people wouldn't agree. Oh, come on. No. Come on, let's get into it, Sharifa, please. Mm. Really? I don't if, know. If you want to, if you want to. Well, you know, it's I, a safe I space. We're not going to judge you, no. <laughs> Except for all the listeners who will be. Oh, we're not going to judge you too right. now. Oh, right, fine, fine. <laughs> I, I, I just think that we, you watch so many relationships. Not all. There's many. I know many happy couples who. Um, I don't. Let me word it correctly. Ah. I don't know that monogamy is for everyone. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I, and I think that is okay. And I think that if monogamy is not for you, then you have to say, I don't want mm. the 2.5 children and this 
sort of lifestyle and I don't want to live my life in that way um, rather than subjecting somebody who is happy to do that but I think I think you've got to you've got to set the ground rules from the from the get-go because yeah. otherwise it's about trust and respect and no one wants to be hurt and it's lies that hurt people not the yeah. exactly I, yeah. I just think that we are encouraged especially in our culture to live our lives in a certain way mm. and that you know the idea of success is to have you know like I say 2.5 children and a successful career and a stable home and all of those things but we don't all have the same value system and I think we should remember that when we're making choices about love um because I know uh, the amount of men I think I learned this from working in nightclubs the amount of men I would watch slipping off their you know wedding ring mm. as they're having a conversation with me because I'm the shop girl selling them overpriced shots looking mm. for an opportunity with anyone in the club and I just think it's it's okay to to want to be with more than one person but don't drag somebody else through that you know I have a couple of friends who were in open relationships and they're very happy and they've mm. been doing it for years and that works for them and I don't see that there's anything but we we seem to judge that so much more as a society we seem to generally judge that so much more it's so much more taboo to talk about the idea of an open relationship um than to actually but we'd rather like have people cheating on each other and mm. breaking each other's hearts and doing all of that and dragging kids through that then just saying do you know what once in a while I fancy going to a party and putting my keys in the bowl and you know I just don't know I mean I'm single by the way so I'm just yeah I'm yeah. just guessing but I've just witnessed a lot of pain and a lot of yes. hurt from but many different like Helen says that that often comes down to honesty because Helen yeah. you, you, I remember you've dated people who've gone yes I'm going to see other people yeah 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 and that's that's a choice then you, they give you the information yeah. so yeah, you yeah. can make an informed choice about whether you want to go along with that or whether you you know yeah. want to be one on one sort of thing yeah, yeah. whereas what happened to you before was and what happened to you Sharifa is you weren't given yeah, no. all the information so you couldn't make a choice about what's what's going to keep my heart safe and what do I what sort of companionship yeah. do I yeah. want and yeah. it was devastating I remember finding out what happened and I was so I'd got myself a scholarship into drama school and I come from not a very rich family so you know I was so fortunate to be able to go to this school that was like 10 grand a year or something so I got myself a scholarship and I was so, like, I was so hardworking, so dedicated to my course. And as soon as that happened, as soon as my heart was broken, I couldn't even go to college. Like, people were calling me every morning, like, hey, where's, where's Sharifa? You know, I went from being, like, the, the girl, like, the main girl in, in the singing shows or whatever to then not even waking up for college on time because I was it made me ill you know the 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 mistrust and yet like you say thinking you love someone so much and then they do that and you're like wow like I don't even know it just rocks your whole world yeah and you you just think well if I didn't know that then what else don't I know and Mm. it just makes you question everything I think but I remember like waking up every morning and I was physically sick in the sink because Mm. I was so heartbroken like that was the feeling of heartbreak and I think that's probably another one for the therapist but that's probably why I'm still single because I don't think I've quite let anyone get that close to me yeah since <clears throat> it takes it takes a lot of time and a lot of trust and um yeah I I after you know I had a couple of years of dating and I didn't think I was like this is fine because you know if I don't have a full-blown relationship then no one can hurt me again 
Yeah. And so that was very protective. But then I met someone and I have fallen in love. And I'm like, oh, no, his is forever. You know, <laughs> that's right. But it's <clears throat> that took a lot. But also, I don't want the shit that happened to me and the bad behaviour and all that horrible shit to um, influence or break what possibly could be a very beautiful relationship. Mm. And that, and that, but that's taken lots of therapy and lots of time. But, but I'm making a conscious choice. I'm like, well, I'm going to trust this person wholeheartedly because that's the level of love, or that's the vulnerability, or that's what I want to experience. Because I don't think I've had that before. Yeah, mm. and I think there's something, and I'm, I definitely, I'm coming to a place after also lots of, lots of therapy. I have an amazing hypnotherapist called Meg, by the way. Shout out to Meg. Is she um, mystic? She is mystic. Okay, cool. <laughs> she's so she's, she's very, back. She's <laughs> very mystic. She's amazing, and she's changed my way of thinking because we do have these little parts in our brain that can get stuck there and just keep telling ourselves that same story. I've had this this story in my head for a long time of like, you are unlovable. You know, just and not even realizing when guys have been like, Sharifa, I want to go on a date with you. And I'm like, nobody wants to go on a date with me. And my friends are like, he literally just asked you. I'm like, where, where? You know, it's like, it, you have to, it's not, and this is what I've sort of learned from her, but also I've learned from friends and friends of friends. It, you have to um, remove the barriers. You don't have to look for love. You have to remove the barriers that stop love from, from getting in, right? Mm. And um, yes, I think it's better to love and it's better to have loved. What's the saying? Better to have loved and lost better than to, to live with the psycho the rest of your life. Yeah! It? <laughs> the card I once gave my... And it made up. It was on a greetings card I gave my friend when she'd just been divorced and she was my bridesmaid. But You yes. should have kept that for your own because that was really good. Oh, well, I might need it one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's better to have loved and, than lost. And I've just... I would say very recently I've started dating mm. for the first time in a long time. And I've started um, to say to boys like, hey, like, you want to meet up? Yeah, so I'm proud. <laughs> that's a big. I'm proud of me. Incredible. Going back to the open relationship thing, I'm trying to like. I'm just gonna be totally honest. Like when you're saying all that, and I'm sinking, sitting here thinking, yeah, brilliant, and like, yeah, why shouldn't? And of course, we should all live our life how we want to live, right? And we shouldn't judge each other, and we should all fucking do our own shit and follow our own path. If you want to see loads of people and everyone knows about it, what's the problem? What's the problem? But there's my like, that's my brain, and then like my heart is going. I really like. Um, feeling like I'm the best person for that person. I like it that, um, it, you know, I feel like this person's gone, you're enough for me. Everything that you are, all of your flaws, all of that, I'm not saying I want them to think I'm perfect, but they think that I'm so great <laughs> <laughs> that they don't need anyone else because they're getting what they want from me and vice versa. So... That's how my brain works. Do you think your brain just works differently? Or do you think you're just more emotionally intelligent and developed than me? No. <laughs> or more secure in yourself? So, well, I this, don't know. But I this is know. the thing. I haven't actually been in an open relationship. So I have no idea. It's just, mm. this is just my very single brain looking at the evidence I have of what I've experienced with love and dating. And then looking at what my friends have experienced and my friends who've been through divorces and heartbreaks and I've just noticed so much infidelity mm. in all of my friends' lives. And and I've just thought, surely there's a solution. <laughs> surely there's a solution. That's right, there but, is, Sharifa. Keep it in your fucking trousers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I, but I've never been in an open relationship. I'm just mm. saying, would I be against it? I 
don't know. I don't know mm. the answer to I that. Think, I think also, I don't know the answer, I think but I'd rather can't, that. You, you can't predict how you're going to feel when you meet someone yeah. who will, you know... I had preconceived ideas about what relationships were, and then I met somebody who changed those. But each relationship will be different, and and um, and... I think you're just you're very protective of your very beautiful heart, and that's fair enough. Yeah. You dated people who you would have liked mm. a one-on-one relationship oh. with, uh-huh. and they and they didn't want that. Yeah. And again, I was never mad about that because I, no, said, but, I don't think this person's a, a bastard because he's been honest with me about what. Yeah, he wants. yeah, and that was and was that was very much established with the first because I said we're seeing each other every week. What, what's going on here? What are the rules? And they were like, well. I, you know, I'm seeing other people. I'm like, well, I'm going to see other people too. And there was never, Ooh. and there was never, and then, then, it, then, then it felt okay. I mean, it would have been, I liked them a lot, but then I was like, well, then I'm free to. But I think if yeah. they had said, actually, okay, um, it's one on one. All right, let's actually. Then let's I would have done. You would have gone yeah, yeah, along yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, of course, but the, but I. It was good that the rules were established earlier. Yeah, on. yeah. That, you know, because sometimes I go to his house and be like. There's an earring on the floor, oh. and there's a, and there's a, this. I'm like, but then, Ooh. but because it had been a stab, I I didn't, I actually didn't find it. I found it kind of funny. I was like, yeah. just sweep up before I come. Yeah. Out. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but I was like, well, if he came to my house, he'd probably see evidence <laughs> of other people as well. But you know, so but I think that's fine. But look. Anyway, but I I wish you well because oh, you nice. are incredibly <laughs> you know, I feel like lovable. Such a black sheep of the family now. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like, oh no, 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 no but, but also, it's a process, it, and and also, I'm give everything out. a go. And give also, we're, so how old are you? How old are you? How old do I look? Um, you're 30, 12. 30, 12. <laughs> I am 32 next month. So you're 32, right? And we're yes. 45. So we're obviously literally of a different generation. But also, I think we grew up culturally with, with different mm-hmm. attitudes to, to sex and relationships. And, and like, like you're saying, I do think it's... I completely agree with you. It's great that people are having these conversations that we need mm. to be more open. And mm. I'm trying to be less judgy. I'm also a 45-year-old woman who grew up in the 80s, Sharifa. <laughs> That's all I can do, babe. That's all I can do. But Jimmy, if you came to me and said, "I'm," oh, it turns out I'm in an open relationship now, I, I wouldn't be like, well, we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> you're like, dead to me. You. I, I love that you're... But we're not in a friendship anymore. No. <laughs> it's very open now. We don't need to see each other. Yes, that's right. That's right. I, I, love, I love how open your, your mind is. And I think even at, at 31, I don't think I was as open to it as you are. And I think it's brilliant that you're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's... Yeah, you know. I, I'm interested to give it a go. But at the end of the day, if I met someone who was like, you're my whole world and I was their whole world, then, you know, I'd probably be like, yeah. get your smutty hands off, bitches. Yes. <laughs> get on the magic carpet ride. You touch that him, slag alone. you die. <laughs> yeah. I, again, don't know why just, I'm Australian. Just, just gone Australian. Let's see. I mean, yeah. Mm. No, it's, it's good for you. It's food for thought. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. It is, right. isn't it? So let's go back to your career. So you 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 go into modelling, and and what what size were you? Were you the same size as you were? So what she's saying is, <laughs> you know what's actually was I? Were you a curvy lady? Were you a curvy lady? Yes, I was just like that the Renaissance lady. Yeah. We all know the word we're not saying, Helen. <laughs> Sharifa, Sharifa's been down this road before. <laughs> I'm, I'm pussy pussy yeah, was... all the things. What were your measurements, Sharifa? <laughs> Excuse me, love. Does that come in fat bastard, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're aiming for? Um, Come on. You know, know what I'm saying, Sharifa? That was terrifying. If you look back at my early days of modelling, I remember the, one of the first brands I ever worked with was Boohoo.com. Mm-hmm. My... As I always say, it's called that because when you try the clothes on, it makes you cry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and you're just feeling the pain through yeah. the whole, everyone who's experienced making the garment which is terrible and a real problem mm-hmm. so let's not make a joke out of that okay um, <laughs> please yeah i don't have um, any sweatshop based material let's no, just move on let's that's move good on. um when i first started modeling i was like a plus size modeling i was probably sitting between a size a uk size 10 to 12 and that was plus size that was plus size wow 10 to 12 and I was at the Stop time I was me. modeling I remember I was modeling for like Evans I was modeling for Boohoo I was modeling for JD Williams I remember all these brands and I remember even like clothes not fitting me and then being Ooh. like again they're going to be Australian I don't know why <laughs> I, I love don't it. know it's good, excuse me but uh, this model does not fit the clothes she's too fit for <gasps> a plus size model the plus size model and then Fucking and hell. then what happened the so in 10 years I've seen so much happen in the industry because I'm signed in London but I'm also signed in the States and um, Australia as you know when mm. I've worked over in New Zealand and I also work in Europe so I'm also signed in Germany and I've recently started working in Denmark which has been so lovely I love Denmark by the way and they put chocolate on their bread for breakfast. Yeah. That's like wow. in... Like, Everyone is hot in Denmark. Everyone's hot in Denmark. Everyone and is hot. Because they all eat chocolate for breakfast. But not just like chocolate spread. Like an actual piece of chocolate Oh, that's just on fucking bread. weird. Oh, it's delicious. No, Sorry. You, I, I, don't, can't, I can't, can't get with that. I'm judging now. Don't, Fuck you. We're <laughs> judging the night together, Sharifa. I'm judging having chocolate you for breakfast. You take your generational too. judgment away from your face. <laughs> I'm making you chocolate for breakfast and you will like Listen, it. Listen, it's that just Britain. We couldn't afford chocolate. <laughs> I don't actually like chocolate that much. Yeah. Oh. Like um, but uh, but and I just want to go back to what you said about... So they, they would... Because I think we've talked about this before just as, as mates, that they would talk about you... <laughs> As if, like, in the third person, as if you weren't in the room or you were like some sort of sort of farm animal who couldn't actually hear. Yeah. No, the saddle's not going to work on this one. 
Like, what the fuck, Sharifa? Yeah. Is that a common this thing? Is, this is modelling. Modelling is a really interesting world to be in. Because Sounds it, like a sh- shit world to be in. <laughs> but it's really odd because it's like... Um, I guess it's like the golden handcuffs, isn't it? You know, you get paid really, really well for mm. a day of your time okay. or two days of your time. I can you see know. the appeal. Yeah. I so can see that. Someone's like, hey, like, come to set, we'll give you 10 grand, but we will literally pick you to pieces and make you feel terrible about yourself. But you sort of have like an out of body experience, you know, like, okay, you're so used to seeing that it's not about you. It's about the product and how can we mold this like you know the way that they used to make me at the my first modeling agency when they used to get me to change my hair and straighten my hair and wear different wigs for different clients it's like they re- they wanted wanted me to be ethnically ambiguous because the more ethnically ambiguous i am the more brands i could work with back in the day so this mm. is like the early days of plus size modeling where they still they still only really use like white women of a certain size and then if you're lucky they'd use a black or brown girl but they had to really fit into the narrative of what a black or brown girl what they want them to look like so for me so they a specific like, shade of skin for example yeah specific kind of skin tones like eurocentric features right. so they would really mold me like an ethnically ambiguous sort of barbie doll to fit into whatever mm. the brand wanted so you become much less of who you are and you just you just like become what the brand wants and it definitely if you look at some of my older modeling pictures i don't even look like me it's bizarre Mm. have you ever seen my pictures where i've got like straight hair and stuff i don't think i have but i remember talking to you about it and like you you were very much told to hide the afro yeah like they would i would watch them on set lightening my skin tone or in the pictures you mean yeah in the pictures you literally see that you'd see the photographer editor just like lifting the colors up and they would light me so that it's night it's very i look very pale Mm. and my hair would be all these different types of wigs that again fit into this so i don't even look like a black woman i look like i could be spanish or i could be something and brands wanted that and my agent who interestingly my first my I, i i was with huge models and then i moved over to models one um but they have I had a previous booker who is I don't think a booker anymore but she was a black woman and she was the one who used to say she always used to talk like this and she was like hi hon and she said we don't want to see your afro because it's nappy it's messy it's this like she she was almost internally racist you know but not not because she was trying to be hateful, because she wanted to book me jobs. Mm. And she knew that for me to book jobs, I have to look more Eurocentric. And I need to look more ethnically ambiguous, because that's what brands wanted. But they, so they wanted like a plus size girl who wasn't actually plus size, who was brown, but wasn't actually brown, somewhere in the middle. And I'd like to say that we've moved away from that, but we haven't really. Right. Yeah, because um, that's what I'm, I was interested to hear in yeah. your 10 years of... Because, <laughs> you know, obviously um, our social media is cu- curated when we, like, we choose who we want to follow. So I would say I see a really lovely, diverse range of people representing fashion, all that sort of stuff. But I was interested to hear your thoughts about how you feel represented or you all... Yeah, the big companies and the brands are still curating it in a racist yeah. way. I think that brands... I, th- I think that... where How do I word this really easily? Where we live in a predominantly white country and where we have a fashion industry that is dom- dominated by a global beauty standard, our global beauty standard is that of a thin white woman. And that's not just me 
throwing my toys out of the pram as a not thin white woman saying it's not fair we don't get picked because I certainly do get picked <laughs> you know I do get picked but you can literally look at the you know look at the covers of Vogue covers I mean you could you could pick out only very few covers where they have different you know anyone that deviates from this yeah. beauty standard uh, all your all your covers like Elle um Vogue everyone mm. so the fashion industry is mostly white. It's mostly white people behind the scenes. It's mostly white faces. And when they're not white faces, if you st- you go on a set, you'll still see 95% of the people behind the scenes, makeup artists, hairstylists, photographers, are still also white people. So they're viewing things through a very white lens. Therefore, if they have a black model, they will maybe choose a black model with more Eurocentric features. Or they'll say, maybe we can like straighten that black girl's hair. Or maybe we can braid. I mean, one thing I've, I always, an issue I always have is like, we'll only work with Sharifa if she braids her hair. Because in so many people's view, like Afro hair is not, it's like, even though Afro hair is how like your hair is down, Mm. my hair is Afro because it's just down. It's not a style, it's my hair. But they'll go like, oh, we don't want the Afro style. But I'm like, it's not the style. Yeah. It's just my hair. It's just <laughs> my, my hair. hair. But they yeah. say, but we don't... Because they then kind of stereotype and pigeonhole that one Afro look to like... You see the same sorts of models or people with Afro hair modelling the same types of things. They're fun. They're jumping on a trampoline. Mm. You know, it's you won't really see it in a beauty campaign that much. You mm. won't really see it like yeah. on the runway. Like you'll be hard pushed to find like too many Afros in London Fashion Week. They want it sleek. They want it pulled back. They want it, um, you know. So this is just fashion in lots of ways. But I think that there's a condition existing in the fashion world as a black or brown woman um, in that you have to fit into the Eurocentric mould in a way that I've not really seen white people having to do. Like, Mm. I'll have to come to set with my hair already styled in this braided look or in whatever look, whereas my white counterpart will sit down and get their hair done on set. And this is changing, but it still very much exists. So it's like that that thing of having to work twice as hard for half as much or having to work harder or, you know, I'll go and spend a day getting my hair braided and I won't get paid for it. Mm. So they'll say, go and get your hair braided and sit for eight hours and pay for the hair and I'll still have clients who make millions and millions and millions of pounds arguing my agent about whether or not they're going to pay the £300 fee for me to have gone and done that. Mm. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. it's like a, a whole other layer of shit that white people yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, it's like a strange with. inequality, but it's but it's also just down to how black people are represented in the in the media. Again, it's like we can exist, but only conditionally in the media. It's the same as people want black artists, but they don't want black politicians. You know, mm. like we exist in the world, but we can only exist in certain ways. Mm. Um, it's quite hard to explain unless. No, I think you've done a really no, lived you've done an amazing job. job. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I, I appreciate it. It's hard for me to empathise because I haven't lived it. And I'm sitting here, to be honest, going, fuck me. You know, you've got all this shit, Sharifa. Like, you've got the, the fucking, the modelling shit of people talking about you and saying you're fat. And then you've got the <laughs> racism shit. And then you've got the microaggressions mm. and all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, how do you not just sort of go mental or just throw your hands up and go, fuck it, I'm just, I am going to go work in Sainsbury's. Because I'm getting paid. I think... <laughs> 
I just but also represent like you you it's important you're there yeah I think when like the thing that well one thing I've done over the years that I've really tried to stick to and it's probably not been the best thing for me is that I've said to my managers like I've fought so hard to keep my natural hair in so many campaigns and I've lost the battle a lot of times like when I was on the cover of Elle magazine I had my hair braided and you know that is 50% of that is fake hair but it's better to be there than not be there at all Mm. um but when I was on the cover of Runner's World and when I was on the cover of Women's Running I had my hair completely natural and I remember the messages from like parents or young people and they're like my I had one message from a woman that said I have a six-year-old daughter and she kept telling me she wanted to straighten her hair and she was like and she saw your pictures and she just said I don't want to straighten my hair anymore mummy I want to have my hair like that ladies mm. and um, you saved me an absolute fortune and a load of hassle yeah. thank you so much <laughs> and, and I just that that for me is what matters because when I grew up I did never saw anyone like me yeah I was going to say because that, that that's so important to feel like you belong somewhere mm. or yeah. that, but, and also that that has an impact on your worth has an impact on how you see yourself and what you feel like you deserve or where you know where you sit at the table you know yeah and I think don't get me wrong I there's I never ever want to shame black or brown women for changing their hair um because it's a huge part of black culture you know like braiding hair twisting hair wearing wigs it's a big part of black culture but unfortunately I do think um a lot of it is is rooted in oppression um particularly like i i know i have black and brown friends who have said i literally cannot look at my natural hair because it makes me feel sad i don't feel attractive and this is the, these are the images that have been pushed on us by what black and brown women should look like um it's a beauty standard that we're all living up to black brown white whatever we're all living up to this beauty standard of sleek hair and great skin and we all we everyone is subject to that but if you look back you know in if we let's just go to slavery a little bit for a minute um you know we have had to learn to assimilate Mm. in a white society and one way that we assimilated you know you you have madam cj walker who invented the hot iron and she was super famous for that and uh, it was pressing your hair and it was dressing in your nice clothes and, and looking as neat and tidy as possible to assimilate to a white society and that's that's how we coped and it's also something we were encouraged to do like there there was a um I think it was in the something ridiculous like the 1800s I might be getting this wrong from the date but in Louisiana they had this law called the Tignon law where um women black women were were basically told that they had to cover up their hair because the white men found them too attractive and they like kept cheating on their I don't know, open relationships mm. and they kept, <laughs> kept cheating on their girlfriends or wives or whatever um with these these black 11 women. other black women yeah 11 other black women always <laughs> and so they made them cover up their hair so they made them cover up their hair with tignon scarves and so that's how they then started making all these scarves Gosh. into beautiful different things so the the history of black hair is is so so deep and mm. i mean i could go on but black hair is very political and it's it's also something that we've kind of been yeah encouraged i think to adjust there's been loads of like horrible court cases about kids 
being suspended from school for wearing their hair in natural hairstyles or um i had a friend who was a lawyer once who has you know natural hair and was told don't wear your natural hair into the court because it's not professional you know so that's why i think when when people say oh god why can't what what's this thing with black hair and why can't we touch your hair and why are you getting so upset about it black hair has got so much wrapped up in it um so then when it's reducted down to just going circling back now i've managed to find the link (laughs) then when yes when you then when you circle back to a white creative director or a white producer telling me hey we don't want to use sharifa with her natural hair can she go and braid that or can she go and put a wig on it's it it almost feels like another little layer of oppression sure you can have this job you can have this fifteen thousand pound job if you exist in the way we want you to if you comply with Mm. yeah Yeah. and i've heard the argument before of like okay but i have to dye my hair or i'm graying and and, you know society doesn't accept that or i have to straighten my hair because it's frizzy but i it's not quite the same comparison no because it doesn't have the same historical context so you've just very brilliantly placed it in and it's also never the difference between having losing a job and not losing yeah, a job right. like mm. I have literally been told do not come to set unless you will braid your hair whereas I've never heard a white girl or boy be told unless you change the texture of your hair mm. you can't come to work because they will just do it for you when you get there then they'll do whatever mm. but it, it's not like a case of you know and, and even still they're not going to be like putting their hair into afros otherwise they can't come <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you know it's I mean? not reversed it's not like the mirror no, 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 no. exactly <laughs> not right. quite the same but yeah I rambled on <clears throat> No, no, no. It's fascinating <laughs> hearing you talk and, you know, thanks for thanks for tennis about all that shit. Because I think, like, again, with the open relationships thing, although obviously we've had a massive falling out over that, it's good to talk about this shit, isn't it? And thank you for... You I know, am not in an open relationship. I appreciate relationship. that's work, though. It's, I appreciate it's work to talk about this shit as well, so cheers. Yeah, it's, I'm getting to the point I've been modelling for 10 years and I'm definitely coming to a part of my career where I'm like, you know... I'm so grateful to, to model. Um, but if the job and the client isn't right for me, I'm just not doing it anymore. And yeah. I will model I model on my terms now mm. rather than always being somebody else's doll. Mm. <laughs> I'm going the other way. I'm going to make Helen perm her hair before she's allowed on stage with me. Yeah. I feel like that's the... Uh... <laughs> My it's hair not has, crimped, you're not coming. My hair has a lot of fans, especially when I was up in uh, Nepal. It was it was like it was like the fifth member of the Beatles. It was an it was another member of the Oh, it's just mental. I, I think oh. I remember seeing that on your social media. Oh, it like wouldn't, your it hair just wouldn't come down. I loved it. Wouldn't it. Come down. it was amazing. Washing with the hand soap that may have had some kind of contribution contribution to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well look, I feel like look, we've done we've done fidelity we've done racism i feel like it's time for scummy mummy confessions yes, we've gone yeah. deep let's let's get shallow <laughs> yeah yeah when this is I, what I came for uh, when i emailed sharifa she said i've got many many stories so i feel like we should start with you okay i went through this <laughs> i went through this period of my life um where i just always had like a bad belly you know, you know oh a bit farty a or bit, a bit or a bit pooey a bit pooey yep <laughs> a, a bit, bit squidgy a bit squid a little bit squitty a little bit poo- well let's take it back okay i was um i want to say i'm seven years old <laughs> okay oh i love this we're going yeah okay i'm seven years old it's summer it's hot right i spend the whole summer as you do when you're seven naked 
you yeah. know, because yeah. it's yeah. hot, right? Yeah. Just in my knickers, right? Yeah. So yeah. It's, and I, I was, I remember like trying to always find ways to skip school. Mm-hmm. And I think one day I'd managed to find a way to skip school. So I was like running around the house all day, half naked. And my sister, who's now a doctor, would never, ever skip school. Like school was her favourite. That's she, why she's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's a doctor. <laughs> she came over from school one day and laid down on the sofa. And she always lay in the same like patch on the sofa um, where the sun would like shine through the window, which is very nice. So anyway, I'm running around in my knickers and... Um, I also went through this phase of like always farting on her. I just thought it was hilarious. It yeah. is funny. Farting is it is was funny. funny. I, I'd you know I'd see her. I'd fart, <laughs> run off because I'm you know my I've got a low IQ and she's smart. So <laughs> she's like well, I'm better than you. I don't know. She's got a pipe. She's now. smoking a pipe. Now. Smoking this a pipe. Is, this is a I'm better a than very you. vivid image here. It's marvelous. <laughs> anyway, I was off school pretending I was ill. Um, not ill. But maybe I was. <laughs> because I went over to her laying in her patch of sun and I thought, I've got a really good fart. Oh, no. Oh. I've got a great fart for Salima. She's going to love this one. <laughs> so I, like, <laughs> crept over the top of her and, you know, I thought I'm going to make it a good one. So I'm going to pull down my neck. Oh, Sharifa. Oh, Sharifa. I'm going to pull down my knickers all the way. So I pull them down, take them off each leg, I... Did a little swirl and threw them across the room silently. So I'm now poised above her as she's laying in a patch of sun watching TV, 3pm. Hands over my mouth, like, like holding in the laughter because it's all so funny. And I go to squeeze out like the best, most epic fart uh-huh. ever. But what happens is instead of a fart, oh God. it's just the most no silent stream. <laughs> Like, like pale oh. yellow. Oh my! Oh, it like days. Like, like mustard out of a squeezy like bottle. Like mustard out of a squeezy oh. bottle. The whole way, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like no. But it doesn't really, even really oh. make a sound. Oh. And it, and like, I'm looking down, and I've noticed that she hasn't noticed a thing. She's still relaxing, and she hasn't heard it. it was so silent, oh. silent but deadly. There's a her whole entire back on her. Oh my God. Jesus! It's just it's like a horror film. It's just it's just a puddle of like mustard, squeezy mustard, yellow pool of poo. You yeah. and I and I looked down and I was like, oh, oh, she hasn't noticed. I might get away with this. I thought maybe I'll just creep off now. She'll never know. Oh. If I just leave, she'll what never know. What do you mean she'll happen. never know? Surely she had a thing, a seagull crept in or she something. She hadn't noticed. <laughs> she hadn't noticed, so I thought, well, I'll just leave now. Oh my God. <laughs> then I thought, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to admit it. How am I going to admit it? So I went, um, so, um, <clears throat> Salima. And she was so relaxed. She went, yes. <laughs> oh, no. I said, um, is your back, does your back feel warm? Ugh. And she went, Yes, the sun is... Oh, the sun is warming the back. That's lovely. Oh, dear God. Oh, my. That's lovely. And I was like, um, I don't don't know if that's the sun on your back. And then, like, you know, she slowly, like, you know, gets a little whiff, turns around. (laughs) As she turns around, like... All the poo like slides oh. her back and on <laughs> I'm completely naked the whole entire time. 
like starting oh. <laughs> over. I was like, yeah, I think I think I was I think I actually am ill. Turns out I was ill. I wasn't even cheating. I actually You're did. sick in the fucking oh. head. <laughs> <laughs> actually did have terrible diarrhea. Um yeah, and, and so and what so did she say? She I I think she was just <laughs> she just froze with fear. Yeah. She was like It's not every day someone poops on you. Yeah. <laughs> but her whole entire back, the back of her head. Oh god! Oh, oh, your poor mother. So <laughs> Your poor but mother. You, but you know what? The thing that she was most upset about. What? Was the fact that it was her only school uniform. So she what oh. was she gonna wear to school tomorrow? Oh. Her favourite thing was school. <laughs> and her least favourite thing was me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so yeah, what that can was... I say? That is, I'm <laughs> sure that's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I've got to be honest, then I can't. I was rattling around for a scummy mummy confession, Ivor, and I don't think I can top <laughs> shitting on your sibling's back. I can't it was beat an accident. that. No, it was, it, an accident. it was not an accident. It was. I thought it was a fart. I thought it was a fart. I thought it was a side. I think it was in legal terms. I think we'd call that manslaughter. Yeah, we do. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah, it's not murder. Yeah, uh, it's legal but not wise. I've actually <laughs> never officially apologised to my sister, so I will say sorry. Well, now's your chance. She's going to be furious. Yes, that this is on a podcast. I'm, yeah. I'm curious on her behalf. Yeah. And then she became a doctor so she could cure incontinent children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Helen, wow. have you got one or oh, are you going to leave it there? I was just going to briefly uh, mention that I, I, I spent oh, until about three o'clock on Sunday in my pyjamas and, and my boobs are quite uh, long and floppy. I, I describe them like they look like sausages that have been ironed. Uh, raw sausages have been ironed. Anyway, when I I thought I'd do, you know, when you like run out on, you know, to change the bins or something, but you do that sort of like bouncy walk. So you, as we say on stage, so it makes you invisible. So I thought I'd just yes. go pop, 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 <laughs> pop, take the recycling out in the front garden. But as I was doing that, because I wasn't wearing a bra, my boobs clapped. <laughs> Like they literally were flapping, but I couldn't stop because I thought I've got to get to the recycling. So my boobs were just literally like oh. applauding me going outside. Like a football rattle. Yeah, I was. It's nice to be appreciated, though, isn't it? Yes, that's time to time. My body was literally applauding me, but it was it was this And then and then I hopped back in because I was so horrified. I was like. This is a low moment. Oh. Flappy, old flappy tits. Well, there you go, Sharif. There's so much to look forward to. Yeah. One <laughs> Do you know what? It's already started. I think it started when I was like 20, in my 20s. I was like, why are they so much lower this year than they were the year oh, before? No. Oh. Ellie, Ellie they doesn't have that problem. Going. She's so pert. Oh, I'm waiting for the day, though. One of these days, I'll look I don't in the think so. I've known you for 10 years and your boobs have only got... I feel like they've only got better. Well... Now I'm looking at your boobs. Oh, you're I'm welcome. Sorry. Listen, let's finish your podcast. Yes. We'll all take our tops off. <laughs> I've always wanted to be in an open relationship. <laughs> Pete! Start now! Oh, three women are about to get their tits out. <laughs> Down the stairs. Oh, wow. Well, uh, Sharifa, you've been such a, a wonderful guest, my lovely. Where can people get more, more Sharifa? Oh, uh, where can you find me? I'm at Sharifa J on all platforms. Oh, well, there we go. Um, yes, as always, we're on tour. Go to scummymummies.com for dates and tickets. Oh, we're going to be up and down the country. And we're booking, would you believe it, even looking at 2025. 2025. Who knew? For fuck's sake. All these jokes, isn't it? Ten more years. Come on. Uh, Yes. Um, Hopefully your boobs hold out until then. 
then. Ah, oh, look, I, I'm, I'm considering getting a boob job. To You'll be, be carrying. No one, no one will notice. I, I'll just magically one day be like, something's different about Helen. What? what? <laughs> Can you not get She's in an open relationship? <laughs> a valve put in like a pair of armbands, and that would be good, wouldn't it? If you oh, I think you can. Pop yeah, them up and yeah. let them down on you Sundays can? or whatever. You can. Uh, Asking for I don't a want. Friend. I don't want. I don't want massive boobs. I just want sort of like. I just don't want. I want some. Yeah. To be round and not flat. Yeah. Oh, thanks again, Sharifa. Lovely, lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye bye. 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 I do. Sounds a bit hippy dippy, but I do believe that the. uh, Hello. Sorry, that's my husband. I hope it's your husband. Yeah. Hello. Oh. Hi, hey, Pete. How are you? This is Sharifa. That's Pete. Hi, Pete. I think I've seen your face many times on the internet. You might oh. have seen Sharifa's face <laughs> on the underground off. on the Fitbit posters. Oh, yeah. Really? Do that, face, yeah. face and body of Fitbit. I, I love it. I'll look out for them. Yeah. Oh, they're gone now. But oh. yeah. <laughs> you can always email in and tell them to put them back up because they're yeah. me. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> that's yeah, all right. Get out of the way. Thanks, darling. <laughs> <laughs> just go to the furthest point of the house yeah, yeah. that's right I always say when we have models round get in the loft <laughs> don't want you nearer <laughs> don't trust you <laughs> mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.